0: You're listening to B2B Nation, a podcast from Technology Advice, designed to help marketers navigate the modern B2B buyer's journey. Here's your host, Mike Pastor. The modern marketing and sales organization often integrates several platforms to deliver a comprehensive view of prospects and customers, and marketers are learning the importance of putting their brand in front of customers before they're ready to buy. But when it comes to recruiting talent, the systems are often years behind what's available to marketing and sales. Recruiters, for example, often can't target potential employees the way their colleagues in marketing can target potential customers. Add all of this up and it means pain points for recruiters and hiring managers. And customer pain points are where marketers need to focus.
1: No one wants to buy more tech. You have to implement it. You have to manage it. Like it's not something that you wake up in the morning. You're just like, I can't wait to go and make a you know a 30000 thirty thousand dollar purchase today. So the main reason that people do it is they need to find ways to overcome problems that they're facing. So the way that you do this is by showing that you understand the problems that they face. That you're able to communicate the outcomes of this, not just the features. Uh, that you can show how it actually solves these problems. And then you can do it in a way that demonstrates that your company is an expert in the space. They get it, they can speak to it at a the subject matter level expert. And it's not just a company looking to make a few bucks off of you. So buyers are really smart. They can read through it when they can tell it's just someone that's trying to get you to swipe your credit card versus people that have been there, have solved it. Like they're in it for their customer success versus you know trying to IPO or trying to, trying to cash out later on and, and be acquired.
0: That's Sam Keenley, VP of Marketing at Loxo. On this episode of the B2B Nation podcast, Sam and I talk about his team's challenges and goals and the difference between content that matters versus content that converts. Welcome to B2B Nation. Sam Keenley from Loxo. Welcome to B2B Nation. Why don't you take a minute and tell us who you are and what you do.
1: Yeah, as you said, Sam Keenley, um, VP of Marketing over at Loxo. So I've, I've been in B2B Marketing for... Past ten years, have done ops, digital marketing, demand gen. Um, did it at a big company, a billion dollars in, in revenue. Startups, agency. So I've seen it all, experienced it all, and,
0: and now I've I've went back in house with Loxo so and I'm I'm having a lot of fun here. All right, so let's talk a little bit about Lockso. I'm, you know, I look at this as a kind of marketing focused mind, and I see a tool that treats talent acquisition. Similar to the way that companies treat customer acquisition and given that they're both very valuable to the success of any organization, I think that makes a lot of sense to me, but tell us about LOXO and what it does.
1: Yeah, so at LOXO, our goal is to help companies recruit more intelligently and effectively, so like that's a broad statement right, what does it really mean, so. The running joke in the industry that I've picked up on in the in the short two and a half months that I've been here is that HR tech is often five to ten years behind marketing and sales tech. So a recruiter is often working in like nine plus different platforms to do their job. That that sounds really efficient and enjoyable to me. Not. Um, so when you think about that, it's like they have an applicant tracking system, they have a CRM, they have a contact info tool like ZoomInfo, Info, they have a sourcing tool like LinkedIn Recruiter, they have an emailing tool to then reach out to those people and they have a reporting tool and they're bouncing between each of these different things and they're, they're with different providers so they're bolted on to one another without any real integration so if you're lucky it's open API but your IT team probably hates you after trying to be like hey I have another bolt on that we want to we want to strap into this package so um, it's, it's just, it's a lot of work to try to stay in front of, and there, you have no chance at automating things and like things that you and I take for granted in marketing sales with how easy it is to just like navigate across core platforms. But usually you have a couple core platforms. So what we're doing is, is helping to bring about a change. That's essentially saying like, that's the way of the past. We have a talent intelligence platform now, which is all of that under one roof. So you have everything in one place at all the data pass as well. You can do all of your workflows in in single spot. So um, just had a a customer the other day who was telling us that they spend four and a half hours a week, just moving info from LinkedIn to their ATS system. We have a workflow that does that in 10 minutes in a week. So we're like, we, you want to talk about just like one way that you're going to save time and energy. Like, there you go. So that's just one instance of of countless of what happens when you try to piece all these together and, and having that in one spot. So to come back to your question about treating talent acquisition the way that most companies treat customer acquisition, like it's it's something that is spot on and something that I picked up on when I first came here. So you and I are marketers. We can look back at 10, 15 years ago and think of like spray brain pray marketing, focus on lead quantity over lead quality. You're only running demand capture campaigns for those who are actively in the market. Uh, you're withholding pricing until you talk to sales. And then you look at recruiting today and you have post and pray job postings. You're going after large candidate pools instead of candidate quality. You're only starting conversations with candidates who are actively seeking new roles, versus going and trying to find the best fit for organizations who might not be looking right now. Um, And my favorite is that compensation or the company name are being withheld by the recruiter. Oh, you have to have a conversation with us first before we share that. So a lot of these things, I mean, I could go on and on about that, but there are so many different similarities within there that's like you and I have seen how marketing has evolved since then with people that are focused on like let's get in front of people before they're ready to buy messaging that's actually relevant to our ICP, create demand where our customers and prospects spend their time. So it's
0: like I'm almost looking into a crystal ball and saying, I think I know where recruiting tech is headed. that start to make that happen for recruiters. No one has more job listings out there than confidential. Whoever they are they're hiring a lot. Right. <laughs> stealth <laughs> mode, yeah, stealth mode's right behind them. <laughs> It sounds like a good message because, as you said, recruiters have all these different tools and platforms. And the other you know, thing to think about, too, is these days you have to defend the spend on each of those platforms, which is not a joy for anybody. And inevitably, they're all due for renewal at different times. So you spend uh, several weeks of the year trying to tell people you need to do this and you need to approve the spend on it. So it's a good story for consolidating things, but every marketer faces challenges. What are the challenges that you and your team face at out?
1: I would say it's a challenge that I've dreamt of forever as a marketer that I didn't think existed. Um, we have an incredible product here. Prospects don't believe it until they see it. And when they do, they go through a demo or they try it for themselves. We have We have a dual motion model. They immediately see the value. And their question to us is always, why didn't I know about Loxo sooner? So that's my challenge that I was brought on for is the, the first marketing hire at Loxo is it's not to figure out what's product market fit and what's the offer we need to come up with. Help us to find the audience. It's how do we drive more awareness for Loxo in the marketplace? We win at greater than 75% of opportunities. Like that tells you something in itself. Just people don't know who we are. We're not in that first conversation when people are like, hey, I need a new ATS. I need a new this. I need new that. We're not making that list we won't have that headspace yet so when you're not on that list you're you're most likely not going to get picked they've got their mind made up two to three different vendors that they're looking at they're going to explore and then go with them so when you know that there's countless options out there how do you get on that initial list and that's where um you know just my background and and coming up from digital marketing demand gen i feel like it's has, has helped to lead me here and it's like oh i can do this part this is the fun part if it's just getting the word out and then letting you all do the trick from there. So um, as I say, I don't, I don't know if that's a challenge. I mean, it is in the sense it's like we, we have revenue goals that we need to hit and, and I'm responsible for helping to achieve that. But that's the biggest challenge that we're going through right now. And I'm having the time of my life with it.
0: Yeah. I think a lot of people, if you're in that situation, right, you've been dealing with four or five, maybe half dozen tools and somebody comes along and says, well, I got one and it's going to save all your time. It's like a too good to be true thing, right? So, so what is it? Is it gonna take my entire budget and then some to do this, or why hasn't anybody else done this before?
1: Right? And that's the crazy part is like I'm building out. So, got pricing visibility on our on our homepage. That was a big thing for me. And I'm even building out like what's your current stack look like versus this, because as you say, it sounds too good to be true. Is it gonna cost me an arm a leg mortgage and and God knows what else? we save vendors or customers 90% on average. It's like our our pricing per recruiter per year is $3,600. The average recruiter per year, when you add up their ATS or CRM, the LinkedIn license, the Zoom info stuff, they're looking at close to 30 to 40 to 50,000 per recruiter. So that's also the beauty of being able to have it all in one place is, is, hey, we we can do this for a lot cheaper. We've got great data um, and, and making it more easy and accessible. So, our, our founders have been working on this for 10 years. They have really been thinking about the business model and we are not VC funded. So we have the time to be able to think about how do we want to go to market and do it in a way that we set our own goals. We're basically customer funded, right? The more customers that we bring on, the more that we can grow. So it's, it's been a lot of fun to, to watch and the demands there, the market's big. So it, it's this flywheel. It's just started and, and that's where we're at.
0: Yeah, it it is the fun part to have something that you're excited about and get it out there in front of the audience. You know, you could say sort of the message development, the product market fit, all that other stuff. It's essential. I think the mistake some people make is they want to get to the exciting part, right? It's like when you take your kids to the amusement park and they run straight to the roller coasters. But if you didn't do that work, you're going to have a hard time accomplishing your goals, getting stuff, getting a good message in front of your audience. Exactly. All right. So I have a content background for the most part. So the blending of the art and science and marketing is always interesting to me because it seems like a lot of marketers fall on one side or the other. You recently had a conversation going on LinkedIn about creating content that matters versus creating content that converts. And, you know, first of all, it's not an either or, right? Um, This is a topic, a lot of other great LinkedIn posters touch on this topic. Jay Acunzo, comes to mind as somebody who does it, but What advice do you have for marketers that are trying to convince leadership to invest the time and resources in stories that matter and not the stories that just, nice story, how many leads did it get us?
1: (laughs) Yeah, so that art science balance is, it's a tough one to find, but once you do, it is, it's a huge unlock and it's different for every business because you have to deal with personalities and everything else. So that's one thing that you do have to sort out. There's no silver bullet that says like, which do you do? But my favorite exercise um, is something that I learned from uh, a former manager when I was in-house at the large enterprise company and then working with 50 plus different um, companies when I was in the agency side is I like to sit down with leadership and just ask them, tell me about the last time that you bought something. You have got the CEO, CFO, head of marketing, different people in the room. Usually you're gonna hear answers like, you know, our head of marketing sent me a link on Slack to check out this product. I heard their CEO on a podcast. I saw a video that they produced and then shared in the community that I'm a part of. You get these different answers. And then I Googled them later when we were ready to talk, ready to explore. And so I was like, that's really interesting. So a lot of those content pieces are are long form, or it's not this like ebook that assumes that you're ready to buy, but it's like, it's the CEO talking in a podcast. Well, I hope you had something interesting to say. And usually they're more than like one, two minute clips. It's a long conversation. A video. Okay. Was it a, was it a how to, was it something where they were showing like how to get through this pain, how to solve this problem? So again, these are these are things that are, are helpful to individuals. It's not just this 30-second commercial that's that's running during the Super Bowl or, or anything like that. It's it's meaningful stuff. And so that's where you go back to and and B2B software especially. Like no one wants to buy more tech. You have to implement it, you have to manage it. Like it's not something that you wake up in the morning, and you're just like, I can't wait to go and make a, you know, a $10, $20, 30000 dollars purchase today. So the main reason that people do it is they need to find ways to overcome problems that they're facing. So the way that you do this is by showing that you understand the problems that they face, that you're able to communicate the outcomes of this, not just the features, uh, that you can show how it actually solves these problems. And then you can do it in a way that demonstrates that your company is an expert in the space. They get it. They can speak to it at a subject matter level expert. And it's not just a company looking to make a few bucks off of you. So Buyers are really smart. They can read through it when they can tell it's just someone that's trying to get you to swipe your credit card versus people that have been there, have solved it. Like they're in it for their customer success versus, you know, trying to IPO or trying to trying to cash out later on and, and be acquired. So um, yeah, back to like making content that matters. It aligns to our business and, and what we're here for. We want to help recruiters and companies do it more intelligently, effectively, And that stuff that fascinates all of us is like, we like the psychology behind it. Like, how can we do that? And we have such a great product. Like I said earlier, when you show them and they see the magic of it, that's when the aha moment happens. So how do I do that through marketing? It's through the videos. It's talking about it on podcasts and everyone, everything else. So that's why I say it's like, you can talk about features and ROI this and have your great blue B2B background in a a design and look like everyone else. But when you create something meaningful, that's what helps you stay on that. Like that first list I was talking about earlier, where you're top of mind when they are ready to buy. It's not an immediate conversion oriented content piece, but it's just as helpful and relevant to a prospect as it is to a customer, as it is to someone who's buying today or a year from now.
0: And I think it's important to make sure your, your story addresses The customer from their point of view. I think the big mistake in B2B tech is a lot of people get excited about what they've built and how they built it and look what we did. And like, that's all great. I think, you know, there are people who are into cars, how cars run, what kind of engine it is. But a lot of us just want to know, is it going to get me from point A to point B without bankrupting me? And, (laughs) you know, I think the same people fall on the same track in tech, like, look, look at what I built, look at how great it is. And, all this technology that's in it and it's just like okay but what does that mean for me the user like what do you yeah. right you talked about how much time you could save recruiters
1: perfect that's what they care about and i used to think it was a joke in marketing like be more time efficient and everything else the number of customers that have said if you can save me one or two clicks i will love you forever at first i thought they were just like pulling my leg but then they're like no really if you can make our workflows that much more simple those are multipliers for us because we're doing tens, hundreds, thousands of those per day or week. So I was like, okay, I get it. Like those do add up. So that's the, that's the interesting thing. That's kind of fun when, when you come over to other side and you're like something that used to be kind of, you know, tongue in cheek for us as a marketer save time is, is actually true over here.
0: Yeah. And any, my, any manual process, right. Whether it's clicking or copying something from one platform into the other, it's, it becomes prone to mistakes because we're all human and then you lose time because you're fixing what you did wrong. We've all been there. (laughs) And so the time saving when it's integrated and it's well integrated. Yeah. I think today I probably 60% of the issues like that. I run into is I'm working on something and the phone rings or Slack or something and I put it down and I go back and you make a mistake and you got to undo it. So.
1: Yep. Oh yes.
0: Data integrity, love, hate relationship with that. So you you talked about getting pricing uh, transparency on the website at Loxo and, you know, you've responsibility for revenue. What are some of the goals that you're willing to share for you and your team that you're working on this year?
1: Yeah. Um, 1.4 million MQLs. Kidding. I don't care about MQLs. Um, <laughs> no, we have, we have two big revenue goals. And so one is share between myself and sales on the acquisition side. So we know, I'm not going to give you the specific number, but we have a set target in the millions of how much do we need to bring in a new customer revenue. And The beauty of of why I'm emphasizing I share it with sales is like, we don't fight about attribution. And it's an absolutely beautiful thing because that creates this two-way dialogue where they're telling me, hey, these types of buyers are coming in. We're coming up against these problems more often than not. That's my feedback loop. Say, okay, let's create more content around that. Let's get in front of those buyers more often with targeting. And because we're not overemphasizing and trying to trying to hoard attribution by like, oh, this was marketing sourced. I'm not going to give them the tricks. Like we're able to learn quicker. And that um, makes our, our revenue growth go faster versus holding us back. So That's a big one. And then I have a second uh, shared revenue goal with customer success on the retention and expansion side. So like any SaaS company, we want to be keeping customers for a while, especially now with uncertain economies and stuff. It's, It's a heck of a lot easier to keep a customer than it is to try and acquire a new one. So... Uh, those are my two two big goals and, and they're revenue oriented. So I'm not getting caught up in, you know, just trying to gamify the platforms. Where can I get the most leads for the cheapest anything else? Like I want to know what is helping our company grow, focus on more of that, and then take the feedback loops to, you know, work backwards in the pipeline, and everything else to figure out those different details. But those are the two biggest ones. And then over the next three years, we have goals around, okay, how much market share do we want to have within various key segments that we have? So in the recruiting space, there's a bunch of different segments. You have in-house, you have agencies, you have executive search. So we have goals around, you know, how do we want to be viewed in this space and, and where do we see the upside for us as, as we continue
0: to grow? And if you can land confidential and stealth mode, you'll hit all those goals. And you'll be...
1: <laughs> It's a billion dollar
0: industry ready to be cracked. <laughs> All right. The question we asked just about everybody on B2B Nation, what is your favorite tool? And the rules here, you can't say Loxo or any product that you're marketing and you can't say your phone unless you cite a specific app, but what is the tool that you can't imagine working without? All right. I'll give you two.
1: I couldn't, I couldn't quite decide on one. So, and I'll split this into like work and personal. So personal, and this is going to sound super nerdy, but like LinkedIn, I kind of blends like personal work, but it's unbelievable how much you can learn from others on there. And I've really doubled down on the platform probably the last three years. And the amount I've grown in that time, the people that I've met and the career progression I've been able to take since then, like a lot of it, I do attribute back to that platform. So um, that's one that I'm definitely heavily invested in. And then on the work side, lately, I've been a big fan of CatPet. So I'm not sure if you're, if you're familiar with it or, or if everyone here is, but it basically, it's a, it's a, simple video editing tool um became popular from tiktok and others but the reason why i really like it is as i said earlier we have a phenomenal product but in our space if you only like write out the text and benefits the features the outcomes like you're going to blend in with everyone else so when we were saying earlier the power blocks it was when you see just how easy it is how much quicker better you can work through it um I have been going in and pulling out videos. We have long training videos, which are great for people that want to sit through a 30, 60, 90 minute training. But most people like you and I are like, hey, I just want to figure out like what's best practice on this. How do I set up this one feature or how do I go about doing this? Those are usually something that you're like, okay, i want one to four minutes. How can I do that? So it's a great tool to just go in, chop it up. Um, super easy. I am far from a video editor, producer, anything like that. I could figure it out quickly. So um, it's really making it easy to expand beyond the traditional mediums from B2B software that you might be thinking of where it's only like static images or anything else. Like it's really easy to modify and, and create videos that you already have
0: and then and, and mash things together. I will echo what you say on LinkedIn. I think when I was kind of making the transition from the content side as an editorial writer into helping companies market their stuff, it was kind of the first place that I turned like I need I need to understand for me it was I can't help people sell things unless I understand how people buy these things and LinkedIn is where I went to learn it and you know not LinkedIn learning which is a fine tool and all the I went for the free stuff the people the smart people from brands that I knew who'd been in the business a long time and yeah it's it's like continuing education right on a regular basis
1: yeah and it's all relevant it's like what's going on today not you know the the four-year-old textbook that is just being published on things that were popular back in 2016 like here's how to use Facebook it's like that, that thing's came and passed my friend
0: so I need to learn like what's next so that's the other part that, that is huge to it yeah real-time learning like you think, I like I got a little annoyed with like how much chat GPT was sort of taken over there for a few weeks like I joked that they should do chat GPT free Friday but at the same time, it like you said, it tells you how quickly the community can respond to something that nobody knew was going to exist eight weeks ago and boom, everybody's using it. Right. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. That's a perfect example of it. All right. Sam Keenley from Loxo. Thanks for joining us on B2B Nation. Yeah, appreciate it. This was fun. Thanks again to Sam Keenley of Loxo for joining us on this episode of the B2B Nation podcast. If you found this episode insightful or helpful, subscribe to B2B Nation on Apple, Google, Spotify, or SoundCloud. Thanks to the technology advice team of Amy Dunn and Kimberly Hydebrader. Our theme song was composed by Mnemonics in the Guild. We'll catch you next time on B2B Nation.